1: Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time, 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
0: Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito and I'm here to introduce you to my new series, Parish. My character, Gray Parish, was a getaway driver. I'm retired tar- from life you know that he's in a world over his head tell me about this driver job and he's asked to start to figure things out i did what you told me to he will try to do what's right and seek justice parish all new sundays at nine on amc and stream on amc plus i'm alec baldwin and you're listening to here's the thing you
2: used to
0: Today I'll start with a prediction. This will be Here's the Things most downloaded episode of 2020. This show is usually my way of taking you into the lives and careers of giants. People at the top of their mountain looking down. Today, our guests are at the base of the mountain, looking up. Perda is at a thrilling moment for any great band. This track is called From Fire, and it's the only song they've released. In the Beatles timeline, it's after the Casbah Coffee Club, but before George Martin. They're represented by William Morris, but the frontman still works at Starbucks. They had a profile in Paper Magazine, but the guitarist's mom drove them to our interview. Perda's frontman is Matt Bazulka, and there are only a handful of people in a generation with his talent and stage presence. Within a year, maybe two, you will know his name. But joined by the band's founder, Colin Kenrick, in a small L.A. studio for our conversation, he's still just a normal kid. Well, not normal, exactly. Something his parents accommodated.
2: I wanted to perform since I was very young. Um, they had me trying different sports out, and then um, one day during a wrestling match, I got, like, flipped over and lost a tooth, and they were like, maybe we should try the art. <laughs> That's yeah, Where did you I mean, grow up? Uh, Pennsylvania, like rural Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. It's called the Lehigh Valley. Yeah, it's a I've small of it. collection of towns. I remember I made, like, the front page of the newspaper when I was eight years old because I was the only male dancer in, like, the entire valley.
0: Well, when I listened to you, this is when you were at the, I guess you were at the gig at uh, the Troubadour? Where's the I one think... where you're wearing the white? Oh, that's uh, Moroccan lounge. Yeah, okay. yeah with the <laughs> He knows I'm all the outfits. So, well, well, of course he does <laughs> How could it be otherwise? And I'm sitting there watching, and you stand up. You like make an entrance, even though you're already there. You stand up, and I'll let you describe it. I don't want to say it's Elvis. I don't want to say it's Cher. That white jumpsuit split open to the navel, the, the fringes. I'm
2: going, look at this guy. It originally was not actually to the navel, they didn't have the air conditioning.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you open your mouth, and I thought I was going to pass out.
2: Did you train? I mean, I took a year of lessons when I was like 11. Whose idea was it? My mom. <laughs> and, you, and you left there when you were how old? Right after I graduated high school. To go where? Uh, here, to CalArts. And, and you yeah. knew? Uh, well, that's the thing. is, it's like I have this kind of ignorance is bliss way about like finding things in life, and I, I just kind of followed this one teacher that I really trusted. She's like, there's this school called CalArts that I think you'll really love. I had never even been to the West Coast. I hadn't even really traveled. My first day in California was my first day of school.
0: Did you like it right away? Yeah, Did I loved
2: it. Did you feel at home here right it. away? Absolutely. Yeah. I was a weirdo in high school, so I felt like I fit right in. Yeah, and for training. I mean, like, they went for acting, so the voice training that they did was for speech and distinction. More like theater. Yeah. Like like voice training for the theater.
0: Right. And for you, I'm I'm talking to Colin Kenrick now, for you, what was music in your life as a child? Like, what did you listen to? Were you rapidly into music? You know, what's, what's your musical DNA? So... Music was the connection to my
3: dad. I was raised on the classic songwriters, you know, Paul Simon, Bob Dylan. Where'd you grow up? Local L.A. kid in the suburbs. And growing up with my dad, I remember him showing me a Dylan song when I was 13. What song? It was Spanish Boots of Spanish Leather <laughs> okay. by Bob Dylan. And uh, that was a song that... It was like a, a sailor song. And for some reason, the story really spoke to me. And then when I started playing music- You picked up a what? I picked up a guitar. You did? I picked up a guitar and fumbled through some chords. So uh, I started with that and I eventually moved on to you know people like Elliot Smith, just kind of the classic songwriters, really angsty. That was my bag. So shifting this project, it's very much away from what I used to write because it's not really you wrote. In my bedroom. How old are you now? I'm twenty six. Right. Right. So wait, this, did you have
0: another band before this band?
3: High school bands. <laughs> you know, nothing to you know, nothing to write home about. Um, someone's laughing
2: mockingly oh, at you your ass. It's not <laughs> me. <laughs> no, they're wonderful. The videos on YouTube. Oh no, we're not talking about this. <laughs> well, I can't wait. Oh yeah. Those Super don't exist. I get <laughs> home.
4: Uh
3: yeah. So I went to school for this and I started doing songwriting and wasn't really sure what I wanted to do when I when I left and Where'd I, you go to school? I, we both went to CalArts, the California Institute of the Arts. Right. Up in Valencia, California. <laughs> great place. And um, Did you meet there?
2: sort of we knew we, each other we were in one class i remember yeah
0: I, see i don't even remember that class because you were high,
2: I, or you were high. I, it was an art school it, so both. and it was, right. it was a okay. science quote-unquote class right but
0: what about music of your generation beyond the beatles and uh simon and or whatever what did you listen to what did you love
3: oh man i don't know if there's anything i really loved um, seriously I, I think it was just a matter of influence for me from you know where i was receiving music from you know uh, mostly my dad and kind of his group of friends and so you were raised on something I, else oh
0: yeah absolutely and it, what was this music uh, of your generation what was it missing as far as you were concerned
3: i think it really was missing the storytelling the structure of a song explaining a story whereas it just felt like and even more so now about the hooks and the catchiness and the repetitiveness
0: yeah What's the first time that you sang? This is always intriguing to me because I had this I had this wonderful conversation with Tom York about this. Mm. I mean, Tom York sits here with me in our studio in New York and says, you know, that he he hated his voice. He didn't think he could sing. And Nina smell. When did you first? How old were you and where were you when people first said to you you could do this? Mm. Were you in the bathroom in like I, a Cher outfit with a brush in your hand? I, the, doing the, Do You Believe in close. Love After Love or whatever that song Cher is? Cher
2: wasn't my diva. I mean, no. I, of course, you know, honor and respect her, but yeah. um, Britney Fears was. <laughs> 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 That's so embarrassing. That's it's not. No, so no, much. it's perfect. It's perfect. Uh, so, oops, I did it again in the bathroom yeah, with a hairbrush. Yeah, actually, I distinctly remember I got her CD. Oh, God, I think it was the second one. I wanted it so bad for Christmas, and my grandma bought it for me, but she, she it, the way she handed it to me. So we, wh- how we did is we unwrapped gifts, and then we went up and had to say thank you. So I, like, unwrapped the gift, and I was just saying thank you. And she's like, oh, that trash? And my mom just yelled from the other room, he likes what he likes. Leave him alone. Always, my whole childhood. My mom be like, leave right. him alone. Yeah, I don't know.
0: But that was um, the beginning.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I, honestly, like my siblings and I would put on productions at my grandparents' house in the summertime, and I was like the one who was into performing. So I was like the director and like star. You were the Orson and Welles? I was the of Nicholas Cage. Yes, <laughs> <Nicholas Kling. laughs> um, you know, I, I think I pursued acting because I didn't really. I remember there was a moment in high school when I was really starting to think about music seriously and there was somebody who asked me they're like well do you understand music theory and i think that deterred me because my mind couldn't really grasp chord progressions and so i was just like i don't know i i I honestly thought of music as like magic and i was just like okay well that's out of reach but like how can i continue to express myself and i i really love dissecting plays and like reading them and
0: she's still on the fence about whether you want to give up acting and do this full-time
2: no you know thanks to colin like i feel a lot more confident about doing this and and I get the best of both worlds so like with the songwriting process the lyrics are very like story driven um we only have the one song out now but a lot of the songs that I'm really proud of from fire right and the uh, like trust fund that one's about growing up in Pennsylvania that one's about not having much money
0: i want to get to the songwriting thing after I ask you describe for me how did the whole group come together it's kind of a long road
2: Mm -hmm.
3: so like I said we kind of knew each other in college, and but you well, knew we could sing. No, no, I had no idea, nothing of the wow. sort. So I left Cal Arts. I got a great education, but I was very deterred from music making. I was very self conscious about my own process. Um, I was looking around, and Cal Arts is the best of everybody, right? It's like the best of every town in the country coming together. So you get there, and all of a sudden, you're like, "Wow! I thought I was great, but this guy's super good at this, mm-hmm. and this guy's really good at this, and it." It deterred me from my own process because I was trying to do what everyone else was doing. So by the time I graduated, I thought I was done with music. I thought music was like behind me. I went into music management. You know, I got a job at a music management company. I eventually ended up working as a talent agent for a little bit. Um, Where? I worked at a place called First Artist Management. Mm -hmm. Shout out to them. It's a small boutique uh, composer agency for film and television composers. Mm -hmm. But... I was managing another group out of college, um, and Matt, we put on like a warehouse show for them and it's super illegal, and Matt Very fun. opened for the band that I was working with, and he came on stage with the producers, a guy on a computer, and like opened his mouth, and I had the same reaction you did. I just like stopped. I walked up to him immediately after the show. I was just like, dude, w- how do I not know this about you? You know, how do I not know you're this kind of singer? And I just said, let me take you to dinner tomorrow. It was like the next day. I was like, let me take you to dinner. Did you have the money to take him to dinner? Did you actually have the I money? I pretended Yeah, I you did.
2: absolutely pretended I, because yeah. all we got was appetizers. And we got
3: drinks. That was great. Um, it's a very nice place. So we sat down and I said, you know, you're amazing. What do you want out of music? What is it that you need? And we both kind of simultaneously came to the conclusion that he needed live musicians because being on stage by yourself with a guy on a computer didn't feel like it fulfilled
0: his – Vision. I find this fascinating. You began to conceive what the music's going to be. Exactly. Not you with a synthesizer. It was just we wanted a lot band. Of band. We wanted band. a yeah. band because he
3: because he was so dynamic on stage, and and I got the sense that he was a little bit. Bored because he didn't have the ability to interact with people. It felt lackluster. It was, it was, it was lonely, yeah.
2: to be honest. Like, yeah. it, like it was a, it was a very. If you lonely want to jerk off on your
0: own, that's acting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, I mean, a like, band like, is a group. like yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I'm just like used to like being an ensemble, and like it was a lo- lonely process. And like, um, there was a lot of times where I wanted to change something, but I didn't necessarily have the vocabulary. And now, like, being in a room full of like live musicians, I can be like, it should, you know, if it could feel like this, that would be amazing. And like, Danny, our bass player, can be like. Oh, okay, well, what if we try? And you know what I mean. Sometimes all I can use is like imagery for that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and, because I don't have the vocabulary that they have.
0: So the two of you go out and get who? What happens next? So
3: after we talk, I texted a lot of the guys who you know are now in the group, and I made a joke. I'm like, I'm starting a super group, right, around this lead singer. <laughs> yeah. Here's a, like a voice memo on an iPhone, maybe a 30 second clip of him singing, right? So I texted, you know, Daniel Zucker, our bass player, Justin Siegel, our uh, drummer, and I was like. Tomorrow, my bedroom, everybody meet, bring your instruments. Yeah. And it would, the next day, they were like, yep, I'm in.
0: Sounds great. What was that like for you?
2: I was so embarrassed because they, like, actually enjoyed that clip enough to, like, come in. Like, and I also, like, growing up, I didn't have a lot of guy friends. So it was, like, I was very, very nervous. In fact, I had one guy friend. Um, and Colin made everything really, really comfortable. And the guys were super, super chill. And I, but I was nervous cool. because, like, I just didn't know if they were interested in the thing or if they thought something was, like, stupid. or. Um, I, and, I, you know, I just, I don't know. I was very, like, on edge about the whole thing. But then, like, as soon as we got into the room and there was this, the first song um, written was, a song called Skittles and um, we just started playing it together they, they Colin was like let's just jam on it and I was like, that's... I had, like, a kind of, like, a... I was like, this. I was like, this is it. This is, like...
3: I've never jammed before. This no, no, literally, freedom. I've never <laughs> had.
2: It. So, I don't know. It was cool. It was yeah. cool. It, was,
3: it felt fun. So, was the four... Actually, they had a different guitar player at the time.
0: Interesting. How do you tell someone...
3: Not ...we're easily. making a change? Not, yeah, it's, not, it's, easy. not it's not easy. It's not easy. Especially yeah. because, because good friends. He, yeah,
2: he's so sweet, like, a very sweet person. I, I
3: think what happened, ultimately, was... It's nothing to do with reflection of anybody's ability or talents. Right. It, it became clear just at that point in our lives that the four of us, you know, we were the ones who were like, this is, this is it for us. This was kind of our all in. There was no like backup options.
0: It was just... Now for a bunch of young men, where do you rehearse? Where do you write? How had to get out of the garage? Well, we're, and we're, into the club and performing. We're still in the kitchen, if
3: that's yeah. any consolation. We're rehearsing. We, in we my moved kitchen. from a bedroom to a we kitchen. Went from yeah. room, so. we're
0: the bedroom band to a kitchen band. Um, <laughs> is there another place? But, but see, in an ideal world, is there another place you should be rehearsing?
3: Yeah, certainly. I just Where? think uh, there's an endless amount of studio space yeah. in LA. It's just to rehearse. To rehearse, it just it's expensive, and yeah. unfortunately, right. that's the process. I mean, we're pretty young as a band and we've been incredibly fortunate, fortunate yeah. um for a lot of the opportunities we received you know we started out playing like the smallest bars and clubs you've never heard of right like where couple, yeah like the state social house Aww. you know what i mean <laughs> where like in west hollywood like this is all right. like yeah in west how Hol- many seats Oh, there were None, no seats. No, 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 We were
2: playing to like a wall. And it, then like it's people were like the attic. on the side. It's you, literally very small. And like the is sound it as thing. It's small and, as this room. Ever it, ever it, ever like, <laughs> the <laughs> stage was as big as this. Oh, yeah. The stage. Imagine yeah. like a drum kit, a bassist, a keyboard. Yeah. Everything was on. And you
0: were one of how many acts in the show that night? Oh, that was just us. Just you.
3: That was yeah. just us. And yeah. you played yeah. for how
2: long?
0: 35 minutes.
3: 35. Yeah, something like that. We did our
2: best, you yeah, know. We did the again. sound guy took a phone call in yeah. the middle of yeah, exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. It was amazing. The sound guy's yeah. phone oh, went off. Oh, yeah. That's why,
3: and it's, it's interesting to see the process, like where we started, and obviously we have a long way to go, but, you know, we've been really lucky about you know, yeah. like we headlined the Troubadour at some point because we got an opportunity. How did that happen? So we got an opportunity to open
0: for—we played there twice beforehand. Yeah. You had played there a couple of times before. How do you first get into the Troubadour? Okay, so— maybe you send them a tape? How, like, how do you no, get in there? so here's what ha- Usually well, they it came to the happen. shitty little club
3: that you were in? Or? No, no. The first opportunity was our bass player played in another band, kind of local. They've since disbanded. Um, and they were playing, and they wanted an opening act, right? They had a couple bands playing, three or four bands mm-hmm. playing. So we played— then. The next time one of the acts mm-hmm. was there and saw us, him and his manager approached us because they thought we fit their style and they really liked our show and, like, will you guys be our opener? And after that show, uh, I got in pretty close with the booker at the Troubadour, whose mm-hmm. name is Amy. She, like, emailed me the next day, like, hey, great show. Like, when are we booking Perda for a headlining show? And then that was it. Mm. And then from there, we did our headlining show, and someone from WME came because he knew Amy really well. And she's like, you got to come check out the show. And, you know, we, we did a couple creative things. My roommate actually works at WME. Right. So he went to the a and people secretly without okay. mentioning our relationship and was like, listen, you got to cover this show. I promise you it'd be great. So they sent a couple agents who had no expectations. They're like, all right, this is some local band, whatever. And after the show, like, they all came up to me. And, you know, our agent, Ben Schiffer, was just kind of like, this is amazing. Um,
0: like, can how do we talk? The re- the reason I love this, because this is something I'm kind of obsessed with, is I'm always saying to people, uh, like, whenever I've taught acting, they get right to the career question if we do a and a uh, They don't want to talk about lighting and films, and they don't want to talk about anything technical. They're like, how do I get an agent? How do I make it? You know, or oh, right. their version of that. And I'll say to them... You know, be in anything. Like, you gotta just put it out there. You gotta play in the shitty little club that's got, like, where you're just playing to a wall. You've got to put it out there, and it's gonna come back to you. And if you don't, it might take some time. And if it doesn't come back to you and you put it out there, then, you know, you tried.
2: This is not what I wanted.
0: My guests are lead singer Matt Bazolka, and keyboardist-slash-manager Colin Kenrick of the band PERTA. This is their song, still unreleased, The Woods on the Brea. Nobody had an eye for the big act like Ron Delsoner, New York's foremost concert promoter for more than 40 years. It's a huge and poorly understood job. I had this show at Pier 84, which was a pier
2: that the Longshoremen controlled, and I didn't really know that until they said, Hey, we've got to help you here. A lot of the guys there were connected. Who cares? I'll tell you about that later. When the guy dies, he's still alive.
0: The rest of that conversation in our archive at heresthething.org. After the break, what it's like having major label A&R court you at night, then serving lattes in the morning. This is Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing.
2: I'm gonna take flight off of your truck, cause I can feel it in my bones. I've got that East Coast Thunder forecast, in the valley of my pelvis. And I gathered my family's faith, and I gave it to me.
0: Trust Fund from the band Perta, which includes my two guests today, Colin Kenrick and Matt Basalka, who are still figuring out how to overcome stage fright. This is Matt.
2: I do get very, very nervous, but I have this thing I haven't told anybody yet, but I like pretend like I'm walking into warm water, and that really helps me, and I, I always try to make an entrance um, one for the theatricality of it but like also because the fans demand it right exactly all three of them Um, it just helps me like uh, kind of like click into place I can fall back on the technical if I need to but I end up always kind of after at least the first song I I always kind of get lost and like I don't know like I said when I was growing up and I was performing those shows for my grandparents it was always just such bliss and freedom and like um, and we were running amok around the house and like all of the crafts were available to us from the basement so we were able to make these costumes and because the lights are in my eyes are like it really feels like I'm going back to like those times if I would do
0: a movie it was always like what can I do to stay in a certain state that is symbiotic with the work I'm doing so mm-hmm. if I'm doing something very light, the hardest thing is to be as light and free and funny and warm and generous of spirit. So if I was doing like a comedy, I'd go in my room and I'd watch like dopey comedies on the TV. I'd watch some like it hot. And I'd watch nothing to take to blow the wind, you know, my sails in any direction that was like heavy. Right. So that when they'd say, OK, we're ready for you. They'd knock up the trailer. they go, we're ready for you. And I'd go out. I'd be like, you know, hey, shoveling <laughs> the ding dong. And I'm ready. You know, whatever my thing is. Yeah. And then if it was the opposite, if I was doing something really heavy and really dark, we're watching Scarface face on a loop like for 9 hours all day long mm. to stay in that zone of like
2: yeah
0: you want to fuck with me you want to fuck with me
2: okay
4: yeah
0: cuz then I want to paddle back into that current mm. in front of the camera so for you, you try to relax and get yourself in some zone.
2: Yeah, I w- I, I usually spend the day like uh, being alone. I have to, I have to like interesting. Yeah, even in New York, like the the boys stayed in one house, and I, I got I to a- see you in your apartment.
0: Like, don't come in. <laughs>
2: it's me
3: such up. a d- gamer. <laughs> you know when it's show day get because away. Matt never's quiet, and then the day of the show comes, and it's just like. <laughs> Silence. It's a, you know what I mean? He does not want to talk to anybody. It's like very,
0: like, you, you whisper <laughs> yeah. to him. He's you know? the maestro. He's, he's drinking tea, and I'm like, all right. So, talk to me about songwriting. Do you have an album's worth of songs together? Yeah. At this
2: point, we probably have an album's worth, if not a little bit more.
0: How many songs is an album now? I mean,
3: we Age, probably 10, have more than that.
2: Yeah, we have more than that. Yeah. I mean, we probably have, But, like, finished, finished. Yeah. yeah.
3: Finished, unfinished, probably the 20 something songs. Fire? What's it Fire. from Fire? From Fire. You wrote that song?
2: Yeah, lyric and melody, uh, not chord progression. That's all these boys.
0: Now, why is that the song that's out there that you released in social media? (laughs) It was
2: our, like, grooviest, most upbeat thing, um... Which I mean, and also like what I love about it now, which is not something we were thinking about at the time, but I think it 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 is like the truest testament of like how we function as a band. So like I originally uh, had written that on my shitty guitar and brought it, and it was a ballad. It was like a very Jeff Buckley like ballad. And for for maybe the first year, we were trying to like figure out where that song should land. We performed it different ways, and we did the rock ballad version. And you know, at the end of it, everybody was like, "It doesn't feel right." Mm. And then I think it was Justin. Justin, he was like um, our drummer. He said, he was like, uh, Danny, why don't you try, like, funking it up? Because Danny was like, "We were, he, they were just jamming before rehearsal to warm up, and he was, like, doing some funk stuff. He's like, what if we funked up from fire? That's the beauty of this kind of collaboration is, you know, if you listen to the lyrics, the lyrics aren't necessarily as upbeat um, as the feeling of it is. But it, I think that it represents how these boys and I interact and how I can trust them with like feelings and stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I think, I think at the time it was the song that where it felt like everything clicked for us. You know, when we started as a band, we all have very different backgrounds musically, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it was the one where we all kind of came together and we're like, oh, this is our sound. This is right. what we've been kind of searching for that satisfies everybody's musical background mm-hmm. and feels right. So when that song came together in its current rendition, it was just the one that made sense. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. You mentioned that uh, Justin was the one that said funk this up mm-hmm. and everything. So it's collaborative in that sense. Very, Very much but, so. Absolutely. But is somebody the decider?
2: No, it's a group. We, we we just literally had this, had this conversation. conversation last night because I mean that's the beauty of uh, being with a bunch of emotionally intelligent people is like our our fights aren't really fights they're they're conversations. I told Justin I was gonna smack the shit out of him. to be Yeah, fair, but, and, to and be then fair. they like had a huge fight and now here. <laughs> don't him. do that. <laughs> no, take my word for it. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. No, we just we had like a little moment of disagreement. We're like, okay, so like how have we been deciding about things? But
0: you're the you're you're functioning as a road manager for the band. Yeah, yeah. As kind of. of now. Yeah, for now. I
3: mean, since we've been doing this, I've been you know I'm the guy in the emails basically but is there you know? somebody
0: who you is, is the goal to get somebody external from yeah. the band to yes. take care of it yeah I mean, that's advisable you
3: think yeah initially i mean when I we started so this band i was only the manager i wasn't even the keyboard player you mm-hmm. know what wow. i mean i i started playing keyboard what a he, year ago Yeah,
2: that's an, an incredible thing is he's as good as he is now and, and has only been playing for a year he up plays because, what now
0: drums drums and who's the other one daniel is the bass player a oh, so bass She's so yeah. still the keyboard i'm the keyboard player yeah, yeah. yeah. You're the one that cut the throat of the other keyboard player.
2: I was a manager yeah. too,
3: so that you job that came to me. You have the Bill Pink. When slips we decided in your that, bag. everyone looks at me and they're like,
0: "How are you going to do this, man?" So. But you want to get uh, you know, no pun intended, but you want the Brian Epstein who's on the oh, outside. Oh, absolutely. We're also Take looking for care. a
3: George Martin for yes. a George yeah. Martin too.
0: So it comes <laughs> How do you, at this stage? I mean, you guys haven't taken off yet, so to mm. speak. But how do you? Integrate everybody's musicianship, meaning do you sit there and go, we need to give him a solo? We need to, you know, is there a chance, oh, chance, chance. <laughs> chance. Talk about each person.
3: I think the good thing about this band is everybody has strengths and weaknesses, right. but they complement each other mm. really nicely. So there's not like we, – and we lean on each other for those things. You know what I mean? There are certain things where, you know, I'm not as technically proficient as a lot of the guys in this band, but, but I'm a songwriter. Like I, that's what I grew up doing. So I have a sense of how to craft songs and, you know, you, what works – Your knowledge
2: of music theory yeah. is like
3: – Yeah, and I, I, I think I work as Matt's editor. He'll write something and I'm kind of like, okay, that's great or like that's too many words. Can we consolidate that right. a little mm-hmm. bit? That is not enough words. Do you agree with, with him?
2: him? Sometimes I will be like, I have to go with my gut on this, and he respects that. It's tedious sometimes because you get so, like, solidified on something, but, you know, when you spend time away from it and you listen back to a, a rehearsal recording, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's a lot of syllables.
0: What would you do now? Like, what would you do? Like, like if you could afford it financially? Hmm. More rehearsal time? Is it like getting in a room and just playing and playing and exploring together? I or? think it
3: would be more recording time, honestly. I mean, we've mm-hmm. been... we've been In pitched. a nicer facility. Well, well, right now, we're kind of making do with what we can. You know what I mean? We Where are you with,
0: recording now?
3: We work with a producer named Dan Wideland. Shout out, Dan. So From Fire was recorded in his studio? In, in his studio. Time. In Within. about 12 to 15 hours, we did that. We right. About very a day. Long day. And, and you yeah. have to pay for that.
2: Yeah. 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 That's why we did it in right. one day. Yeah. If we had a week, we would have <laughs> made it,
0: you know... You have an even better song. (laughs) So here's what's interesting to me. If someone dropped a a chunk of money on you, Mm -hmm. you're going to go and have a nice place to record. Is that like a dream for you to have people have the freedom? Or you all have to work. You're working. How many jobs are you working now?
2: Uh, I'd say two and a half. And what are they? If you
0: want to say half,
2: um, I do work for Starbucks. Mm-hmm. That one is probably the one I'm ready to get rid of the most. Mm-hmm. I love them, and they're a great company. But 4:30 in the morning, five days a week is no fucking hard. Yeah, um, you gotta get you out yeah, of that right away. Usual days like 4:30 to one, and then um, I work at an after-school program, which actually is one of my favorite jobs because I've worked with kids um, in different aspects um, at the LGBT center. I worked for two years in a program there. with Why? Kids. Honestly, I graduated, uh, CalArts and, um, I like, there was a lot about queer culture that I I was not familiar with. There was a lot of like stuff um, internally that I wasn't dealing with healthily. And so I honestly joined that program because I wanted to. As much for yourself? Yeah, yeah, honestly, just because I wanted to. One, so it's an educational program called uh, Community Action Network. And they go to high schools and middle schools and they educate the kids on their gender sexuality alliances. They organize them, especially in like the lower budget schools that like no teachers are. And you felt you
0: weren't taking care of yourself in that regard?
2: No, because I was learning I was learning so so much I was learning about transgender people and, and 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 activists that I had no idea existed before When
0: you grew up in the Lehigh Valley was that easy or was it not that easy
2: I commuted to a performing arts high school before then it was um I had a very difficult time making friends right. um yeah,
0: yeah the, the art school they loosened yeah,
2: up Yeah and you know and I remember I got to high school and my main like focus was just trying to make friends and so I kind of uh, I was talking to my mom about this the other day. It was a little bit of, like, an identity crisis just because I was I was saying yes to everything. And, like, um, I remember my dad, when we were growing up, was always playing, kind of similar to Colin's dad, was playing, like, uh, the classics, like uh, Bob Dylan, Tom Petty, and the Heartbreakers. And, like, and I loved that music. I loved hearing it. Um, but I, I also loved Celine Dion and Britney Spears, and those were my things. And then I got to high school, and it was, like, me, my all of my friends were listening to pop music and I did enjoy it but I kind of like turned my shoulder on my dad because I was just like well he doesn't know what it's cool you know and, <laughs> and really he did actually I, he, he and, did yeah, actually yeah and knows. I really regret it I really regret <laughs> it because I if, but but there's a part of me that feels like I'm becoming conscious again and like re-hearing all this music and like you know Colin will tell me somebody like that I should have known years ago and he'll be like you should listen to this song or this song and so the past two years have been a little bit of like a what does so you call this bridge over troubled water is that right, what you're right, referring right. to? To this one. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, beautiful. but I can like feel it. I like know I've heard it before, and it's because my dad. He's a great. I'm guy. actually
3: glad that Matt had you know was raised on that. Like the well, you can music. hear it.
2: You can hear it, and and so that's the weirdest part yeah. is like when we first started singing together. I literally was making vocal choices that I, I was like, where is this like Guns and Roses like vibrato coming from? Yeah, and I got that from you
0: when you sang the 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 rock lead, the feminine and the masculine. And what's amazing is when you sing, there's a power to you singing. Where does that come from?
2: It's literally my brothers and sisters. Growing up in a family of like three sisters, and I'm the youngest, um, and a brother who all ended up joining the military. They joined for a reason. They're very aggressive people. That was a part of your growth too,
3: I think, because like when we started, your predisposition was to do kind of a falsetto, like a high, yeah. higher. That's kind of what you grew up on. Yeah. It was pretty. Well, I also love like Jeff yeah, Buckley. Exactly, and like, and, yeah. and I think it was like just like all of us, we had our process, and he eventually like when he would get lower and kind of stuck yeah. in that range, we kind of like, do that more, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And then at
0: some Both point... Both of he, it sounds
3: great. He did something, he like growled <laughs> yeah, at the yeah, end, yeah. And, like, and I was like, yo, like that is... Do that every song, you know what I mean? Just like yeah. sing from that area. And <laughs> yeah. it's just like, it's been a, a growth for it. all of us, yeah. you know what I mean? Just like our musical journey his journey with discovering his voice he's always been a great singer but now he's really discovering his voice
0: so was there a fear that if like a producer came along who was like hey man you're, you're, you're at that next show mm-hmm. and the next person walks up that's gonna carry you over the next river mm-hmm. and, and Phil so and so walks up and says man you guys are great I mean, I'm gonna go do my campy version you guys are fantastic <laughs> I want you to call me at uh, you know XYZ Records in the morning see mm-hmm. and then you call him and it's like he's just gonna fuck with your show and mm-hmm. your thing are you worried about that, that people Go. You just change this. Do this.
3: I mean, I think to make it the nice thing is when we signed with with William Morris, who and we love our agents over there, is that they were kind of like, do whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. Like we want to help with the business aspect of things, but like your show is why we signed you. Like we do not want any part of the creative process, and I think. I mean, I think, like anything, there's a give and take. You know, I don't want us to assume that we know best because we are so young. We're right. doing this. You'll but take there, the good but, but ideas are, wherever e- they come exactly. from. Exactly. Right, but we we'll also – we have an certain
2: aspects that we don't want to lose. You know, we're not – I mean, like, I work those two and a half jobs, but I'd rather keep doing that than, you know, be s- singing songs that don't mean anything Interesting. to me. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely, like, wow. we, get asked, absolutely. we get asked
3: all the time that, like, would you work with, you know, if if we had a, you know, not from anybody up top, but just saying, you know, would you have a songwriter come in? Do you want to have someone write your songs for you and then kind of sing them? And unanimously, we're all like, no, like, it's that's just not. That's, just not, that's we, just not it. The fun part of this is that we get to write our own music. You know what I mean? Like, we, if we were a cover band, we could just do covers. You know, what's the point if you're not really writing your own? music so
0: even though if you eventually do sell out completely to make it mm-hmm. today as of today mm-hmm. you're vowing not to you're, you're taking that vow today as of today yeah you're as gonna as throw vowing. that in the garbage maybe but for today today, for today you're pure, in for, in pure. for the people minute, in this minute. studio today right. recording this show you are pure we have if integrity I, I
2: would rather door. work at starbucks till i'm 90. <laughs> no yeah. please that hurts my heart
0: What's the um, next step for you to to, to go to the next – you have an agent at William Morris. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And what are they doing for you?
3: Booking you in shows? So, yeah, they booked us
0: these two showcases
3: for uh, managers and labels. And as far as we know, people have reached out. And there's a general industry interest about us. And, you know, at their advice, they're like, you know, we're not going to take anything right now because it's going to be a bad deal. You know, like it's – it, who knows what are people are going to try and screw you over. I mean, luckily, we have a fantastic lawyer. Shout out Ken Hertz. Yeah. Ken. So, uh, you're very good the shout very like good. Man, You're very good. You yeah, want I, them to know, I appreciate God, that. You're like a congressman. And so yet I'm going to get texts being like, you didn't shout me out. You know, you yeah. know. So, um, so I think the next step for us, I think it's just more about. Back to songwriting. Back to songwriting, really getting to the heart of what we do and playing as many you shows as for possible. need time for that. Yeah, we need more time. I mean, honestly— You need, it need be- to take a that- break. What's your day-to-day job? Uh, up until uh, the end of January, I was a talent agent, and now I'm uh, doing this band full-time, answering emails. And- you come from a rich family? <laughs> oh, I wish. But uh, I come from a very resilient family. Yes. Yeah, I add. like that. I like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, well, I just want to say that, that you know, the chance to divert toward the commercial and, and, and make a lot of money, there's nothing wrong with that. See, I, I disagree with you where you say, I'd rather not sing songs I don't want to sing and stay at Starbucks for the next several years, where I think I'd rather you sing things that are commercial to make money so they Just can do the other. So long as you stick, to, you, you you pivot back to the other. Right. So long as you're always one for them, one for me, one for them, one for me. It's
2: less about saying, like, we don't mind writing something that is a little bit more, uh, you know— four chord progression like something a little more catchy and something but we want to make sure that it always has like a little bit of I mean a lot of bit of like us in it so that it is still kind of stands apart so uh, simplifying is not something I'm afraid of as much as like singing a pop hit written by somebody and maybe it flops and then that's out there in the world for us
0: when the show and let's assume the show goes well you guys have a good show and you're in a nice room you walk off stage how do you feel when it's over. How do you feel? Are you ever happy? <laughs> it's weird. Being on stage for
3: me is like the most electrifying feeling that you can uh-huh. have, you know, especially, you know, we've, we haven't done that many shows and we're walking out on shows these days and like there's actually people who come to see us. It's not just like when you start out, it's like friends and family and all that stuff. And now we go there and there are people we've never met before saying like, you know, screaming and wanting to be there. So that's an amazing feeling as a musician. I always get off stage and I think, you know what? I could have done this better. You no want one... to get up and do it again and Yeah, I'm like, it, what can I just do? go
0: do that one <laughs> yeah, <right>. part again <laughs> yeah, like yeah, by yeah, myself right. on stage? I know that, I know that, yeah. So,
3: and, and I don't think that will ever change, and I think that's just the nature of trying to be creative and be an artist.
0: Uh, for you, Matthew, I mean, I'm watching you in this song. When you, I mean, to me, it, it, there's nothing wrong with all this celebration of Freddie Mercury and Bohemian Rhapsody. But what I was excited about when I saw you was I was like, okay, well, where's the next Freddie Mercury? Rather than us <laughs> sitting here... And to me, you are the next Freddie Mercury. You were like Bowie. And
2: I want to know: Are you ever satisfied? It's the same as Colin, and we kind of bond and about that fact. We walked off the stage in uh, New York. Uh, Baby's all right, and um, this one AR rep from like SoundCloud or something drunkenly cornered me, and I was like already in a state of like, I fucked this up. I fucked this up, and I also uh, strained and pushed during the sound check, and so I was a little raspier. And so um, and my mom always says like you're your toughest critic, but I mean honestly, I think that's what keeps making us like better and better. Why would we not? Why would would you, you know? But I mean, then we do enjoy. It's not like yeah. we sit there and we're like, "That was shitty." It's like you get off and you're like, "This, this, and this." I'm gonna like focus on for this the rehearsal. next show. Yeah. But
3: now let's enjoy. You know, we spent yeah. weeks putting it we in get the show. Hammered, you know, let you know. I think that's yeah. Makes
2: sense. <laughs> oh, by the way, where did the name come from? Perch is actually one of my favorite plays it's uh, called birdie by Naomi Wallace it's an adaptation of a, a novel um, and it's it's this bird uh, that this boy from Pennsylvania who is battling his identity crisis of being um, a gay young man in, in yeah the this is from a book a uh, novel adapted into a Play by Naomi Wallace, and, the, and, the, and, the, and that's called um Birdie. Birdie, yeah, and, and the Berta. bird is
0: the bird. Um, Name of the bird, yeah, bird. The, but the
2: boy—it's really a psychological thing where he like puts the his like his confidence into a bird, and the bird really like tells him. Like, so it's like
0: equus, but rather than a horse, it's a bird.
2: <laughs> yes, and I'm Daniel Radcliffe playing <laughs> <Yes>. naked. <laughs> okay,
0: that's this the album not cover. Not a
2: moment I was mad about. That's, that's the album
0: cover. I love it. You naked with a bird.
2: This is all they gave us And you forgot to pay any You want the truth, babe You need a bigger cotton purse and never feels my I get dressed. To the deep end Oh, we
0: could Colin Kenrick and Matt Bazalka of PERTA This is their track, Bad Newsman, PERTA, as you'll know by heart in a few months, is vocals by Nat Bazolka, Daniel Zucker on bass, Colin Kenrick on keyboard, Justin Siegel on drums, and guitarist Chance Taylor. Check them out at PERTAmusic.com. That's P-E-R-T-A or at PERTAmusic on Instagram. This is Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing.
4: Turn your passion into a career. Visit TrinitySchool.org for more info now. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandys can give you that comforting pause.